Hello and welcome to episode number 23 of Fitness Unraveled, the show that motivates, educates and unravels the confusing online health and fitness space. I'm Jets Lockwood, a certified personal trainer and nutrition coach within the online space, hoping to be that fire behind you to encourage you in making a better decision or just a smile knowing that you've got whatever life throws at you today. Recently, I had put a question box up on my Instagram stories asking you guys what kind of content you'd be interested in seeing more from me. And it's always good to reach out directly to see what might be useful to people and what I can show more of. Well, someone had said she'd like to know more about how to maintain healthy routines whilst traveling. I thought that was kind of interesting because I felt the whole traveling aspect of my life was pretty niche. But then again, I suppose it's not really. Also, the maintenance of a healthy routine can also be applied to any sort of disruption in usual environment, or even if you're in a bit of a rut and you're not sure where to start or what kind of things will help you stay on track with being the type of person that you wish to be. In all transparency, I've been struggling with self-motivation myself over the last week or two. As much as it is a blessing to be on your own schedule in a beautiful hot country, if you do fall out of routine, it is very easy to let things slip. And when they slip, it's like no one is there to actually stop you from tumbling first, head down into complete procrastination and inaction. I mean, that's what happens to me anyway, as I'm someone that thrives off routine. So when that's taken away from you, you have to learn to default to methods that keep you on track with staying in the right direction. So this kind of thing has actually come up at a good time for me to reflect and kind of see what things do help me. So I've come up with a seven step method when it comes to the maintenance and creation of healthy routines. No matter where you are in the world, or what curveballs have been thrown at you or to knock you off balance. Coming back to this framework will get you back to feeling as though you're on top of your health and fitness goals. Step one, goal setting and analysis. So before you get started with anything else, you have to be completely clear on where it is you want to go and exactly what you want to achieve. Having flimsy goals that don't give you a clear direction is the first hurdle. I have a whole other episode on goal setting for success and I would advise you to go back to listen to it if you want to ensure you have the right goals for you that's going to help you propel to being who you want to be without making you miserable in the process. Honestly, I would take your time with this. Is this goal really something that you want or is it someone else's goal that you've taken on? Is it realistic to your current life? Are you setting the same goal over and over again? Like, is there a reason you're not actually achieving this goal? It might genuinely not be something that you want in your life, that you know the sacrifice it will take you to get there and actually you're pretty happy with where you are now. Letting go of a goal that no longer serves you is one of the most freeing things you can do and it's not a failure, remember that. So getting clear on your goals, pen and paper, explore, get specific, get excited. This is exciting. It's great to have a couple of health and fitness goals to work towards, to be able to break them down into actionable tasks and get started on implementing them. Step two, overall calendar management. So once you've done some reflection, maybe thrown a bit of journaling in there to get to the bottom of the health and fitness goals you want to achieve, you're excited about them and you've got some direction, it's time to sort your calendar management. 
For me, I started with a paper planner. I was using Grace Beverly's Productivity Method Planner and it did work well for me. The whole idea of time blocking your day really was such a game changer. Now I'm trying to travel lighter with less things to carry. I've moved on to her digital planner on Notion, which I genuinely highly recommend. I'm sure you could, do a, you could apply the same principles and use something like Google Calendar, but this is a one-off payment and it's just something that my brain has really agreed with. So it does work for me personally and it has been worth the investment. I tend to block out my day when I'm going to exercise, have my meals, do different tasks in the day. Ideally, I like to get up and get the majority of my exercise and work done as soon as I can so that I am able to soak in the amazing different environments I'm in to socialize and explore. This has been the hardest part, but it truly isn't that hard when you think about it. I just try to focus on three non-negotiables to get done in my day. And once those are ticked off, it's always some kind of exercise. The other two are some kind of work goals usually. And then I tend to ease off unless I'm on a productivity roll and things are going really well for me that day. It's just scheduling things out, labeling a time to a task and then just sticking to those timings. Doing what you said you would is the quickest way to self-satisfaction and confidence. Step three, habit tracking. On the continuous quest to improving my life to becoming a better version of myself, it's important to think of the type of person I would want to be, what kind of habits they emulate from day to day, and how I can filter that down to what I can realistically add into my own life at this moment in time. I don't like to absolutely overdo it with habits, as when done properly, they're extremely difficult to take up or even harder to break. I would say it's optimal to have a maximum of three habits at one time to focus on. For me, it's less phone time around bed hours, journaling and stretching. I'm very careful to pick which ones I'm going to get rid of and add, as again, it's very easy to simply adopt ones you think are good based off other people. But I urge you to really sit and think of the things that are giving you energy, making you feel great and what things aren't adding to your life or even disrupting it. For me, phone use around bed makes my sleep much worse in general and puts me on an anxious edge first thing in the morning. Journaling helps me release a lot of emotion and helps me stay completely rational and level headed on a daily or if I have something I can't decide on or is taking too much brain space. And finally, stretching routines every day are needed for me as I need to prevent injury as much as possible for the extra activity I'm doing with my marathon prep. I notice a really big difference in my body when I do this, so it's worth it. Tracking these habits daily alongside using my planner helps keep me accountable to ticking them off and getting them done. Step four, bookending my days. This probably holds the biggest difference to my everyday life whilst I'm traveling, the way that I start and end my days. All this takes is some self-discipline and again, with doing what you said you would. The way that your day starts sets the whole tone. If you skip the alarm, lay in for an extra couple of hours and then scroll on your phone for 20 minutes or so, then start your day, but hop straight into a workout or work without actually having any proper structure, that energy is going to feed through the rest of your day and it will be incredible difficult to turn that around again. 
I am a big believer in that the following day starts the night before. It doesn't take much, but a few fundamental things such as having a work cut off time, having the day planned out for the next day, even if it's just knowing what your three non-negotiable tasks are so you can jump straight into things, as well as doing a bit of a brain dump journal and reading for 10 minutes before you go to sleep. That's all I need. It's a couple of things to make sure I'm setting myself up for the best kind of sleep that I can without having too much on my mind. Having a consistent sleep and wake time really is everything. And I think our bodies genuinely just thrive over this sort of routine. Like when I know that my circadian rhythm is thriving, then so am I. (laughs) Do yourself a favor and get up at the first alarm. You set it when you are a fully conscious human being thinking this is going to be the best for Jess. So listen to that alarm and jump out of bed. I know it's hard, especially when there's a lack of routine and you have to work under your own hours. It's actually very difficult, but it is worth it. Then just having a couple of things at the start of my day that I do routinely, like making a drink, journaling and deep breathing really does set off my day in the best way so I can make sure I hit this every time. And also when you're traveling, it's important to choose things that you can repeatedly do no matter what your location, which is important because then they're transferable and you can keep up the routine. Step five is a workout schedule. This goes alongside calendar management, but actually having a workout plan and a workout routine for structure, I think is really important. So knowing how many times per week you're going to do what form of exercise on what days, times and exactly what those workouts will consist of will make you consistent. Addressing these on a weekly basis, adding them into your weekly calendar and daily schedule so you know exactly what time you'll be doing it means, again, you just need to do what you say you're going to do. Simple as that. It's very easy to fall out of routine and miss the scheduled time by five minutes and think, ah, well, I've missed the slot now. No, that's not the way we do things. We still show up and something is always better than nothing. So make sure you have a workout schedule you can stick to no matter where you are, taking into account gym access for gym workouts, pedestrianized routes for any runs or hikes and any classes you might want to try out. It all comes back down to your planner and fitting it into your day. Also, Your workout schedule is so unique. Like, what are your goals? What do you actually want to achieve? What's really important to you right now? Are you honed in on a fitness goal or do you want to be more sociable and carve out more time for exploring and activities? This kind of thing will determine how many days you choose to work out and what your schedule looks like. All I'm saying is be mindful of what you choose and make it personal to you and where you are right now. There's nothing worse than setting a big fitness goal when actually it's not that important to you anyway and you're getting mad at yourself for not following through with something you're not bothered about in the first place. Step six, having a meal schedule and rough meal guidelines. So this has been a really big one for me with regards to weight maintenance and not going overboard without the safety net of a kitchen and quote unquote normal shopping list items that we used to in the UK. In Asia, it's very different and actually pretty difficult to make meals at home. Besides breakfast, I find that to be easy to do. With breakfast, I have been making things like eggs and egg whites on toast, protein oats or muesli with chocolate protein shakers, the milk. 
I like to keep things fairly simple and make sure I have about 30 grams of lean protein. To be honest, this goes with every meal. Due to the fact that with all the other meals I have, I'm eating out, I like to have a bit of a meal schedule with rough meal guidelines. And this just ensures that I know I'm hitting my nutrients, my protein goal, and I'm not mindlessly snacking or picking things up throughout the day that's going to pop me in a calorie surplus. I'll basically just have a set time for breakfast, lunch, afternoon snack and dinner. I try to make sure I eat as close to these times as possible and they're usually about three to four hours apart. Nothing more than this, otherwise I get too hungry and the next time I eat, I'm likely to overeat. Also, with this I try to make sure with the meals I have a source of lean protein, mix of vegetables, mainly whole foods and is limited on sources. I'm not super strict and this generally gives me flexibility to eat wherever, just as long as I make the right food choices for me. Also, when going out to eat, I'm mindful that I might not need the whole portion, so I tend to not have the whole of the carb portion if I'm intuitive with my fullness cues and I've decided I've had enough. I just want to reiterate, I'm not super strict with this and I do like to try new things. And I've no qualms over food choices, no anxieties around food, and generally, I'm in the best place I've ever been around food. The majority of the time, I do make cleaner, quote-unquote cleaner choices, but also, I know that these foods are the ones that I feel my best, I'm more productive, I'm happier, I'm less groggy, so really, it's in my best interest to eat this way. And finally, step number seven accountability. So last but not least, we have accountability. This is like the icing on the cake, or even could be seen as the missing piece of the puzzle for a lot of you. We've actually discussed quite a few methods of accountability in this episode, even things like writing your goals down, having a time set for doing most things, tracking your habits, all of these things are holding you accountable. However, With self-accountability, we can a lot of the time let things slide, we can ignore them and almost lie to ourselves that these things aren't important and we'd much rather watch that extra episode or simply just chill out for those extra couple of hours without moving the needle forward to where you know deep down you want to get to. That's why it can be almost groundbreaking to get yourself an external form of accountability Someone that's going to check on you, whether that's a friend, partner, family member, asking them to keep you accountable and check that you've done what you said you'd do that day. Or even better, a more formal approach where you're paying a coach to hold you accountable. Obviously, this is a more expensive option. However, it's expensive because it's effective and it works. So bear that in mind. So to wrap up, I hope all these tips I've picked up over the last few months of traveling can be beneficial to you. Maybe you've heard one or two things you want to start implementing and that's great. Just remember, it's all about curating your life in a way that helps you to do what you said you'd do. It's going to be the key to success here, no matter where you are or what you've got going on. It's these character traits of determination and proactiveness that will set you apart. You got this. Let's go. Thank you so much for listening. If you do have any questions or want to know more about working with me one-on-one, head to my website link in the show notes or catch me on Instagram at Jessica Lockwood. I'd absolutely love to hear from you. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to follow along so that you can be notified whenever a new episode becomes available. I really do appreciate your time and I'll see you next time.